you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. And now, move the sticks. With Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey everybody, what's happening? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks on a Tuesday. Interesting week in the NFL. Some good games. Yeah, very good games. A lot of uh, compelling games. Some prizes. Good, some good. Some good endings. Some good football games. Playoff picture starting to crystallize a little bit, Buck. But uh, before we get to, to rehashing some of those games, let's set the table of some other topics I want to hit on this on today's episode. Jeff Fisher. Uh, what happened there with the Rams, where they go in the future. Definitely want to touch on that. The quarterback situation this upcoming draft, I thought we could touch on that a little bit. Some interesting names have, have entered the uh, quarterback market. Break that down a little bit. And did a little study, uh, a little homework on the 32 current starting quarterbacks in the NFL and found some interesting information on there. Um, but before we get to these games, Buck, Jeff Fisher, surprised, not surprised this thing went down the way it did? I am not surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised, I was at the game – on Sunday. And I remember remarking to the people that were sitting next to me that this is the kind of game that will get a coach fired, particularly when they haven't had a lot of success and you're riding a long extended losing streak. You're in a new city and the team was with the fan base was festive and energized. And then you kind of laid a, a number of duds in front of the home fans. It was just not a very inspiring performance. And so I knew that his job would be in jeopardy. I didn't know that he would be fired the next day. But I think here's what it is. You're talking about a guy who's been there for five years. They haven't had a winning record. They haven't been to the playoffs. And even though they've been afforded a number of picks, and you would say that this roster is talented, there's still something missing. Either it's the development or the voice or the game planning. There's something missing from the Rams because I think we all would say that they're underachieving based on 
what you see from them when you look at the roster from one to fifty-three. Yeah, I know he wanted. To, he placed a lot of the blame on the uh, on the offense, right? He <laughs> yeah. said we our, our our issues are there. Can't score points. Can't finish drives. Turn the football over. All true, no question. Even more disappointing to me than the offense. The image of this season f- for the Rams, to me, this this was when I knew it was over. He may, he got fired after this last week against Atlanta. This was over the second that Sean Payton called a trick play at the end of that game mm-hmm. and, f- and was fist pumping and striking up the band on the side because that's where it went from you're losing games to you're getting embarrassed. Yeah. You got embarrassed in that game against the New Orleans Saints. And Greg Williams, there was a little friction on the sideline between Jeff Fisher and Greg Williams. That's when I was like, it's over. So some people believe, and probably is is the case in Jacksonville, that you don't make changes during the season. You want to just ride it out. I think we all know that the change is coming there with Gus Bradley, but they're going to let him continue on through the season. I actually think in this case it was smart by the Rams to let him go because now you've bought yourself really kind of a month ahead of the curve from whatever openings are, are around the league come up. You can do your homework. You can be upfront about it to these agents and start reaching out. You can't talk to the to the candidates themselves, but you can gauge interest in a Jim Harbaugh, gauge interest if you want to go – you know, John Gruden's name gets thrown out there. You can you can kind of find out if you got any shot at these big dogs. If you don't have them, you can really start digging in and doing your homework and research on some of these other top candidates, maybe a Kyle Shanahan as a coordinator, uh, some kind of an offensive mind to bring in there. So I think it gives you a little bit of a head start. It was inevitable, and, and I just thought that game, I don't know what you think, but that game against New Orleans, that was when, to me, I was like, this is this is done. Oh, it started kind of coming downhill. When you start out 3-1 and one and people were excited about what they were able to do, he had gone with Case Keenum. Uh, he said Case Keenum gave him the best chance to win. Suddenly they kind of reverse course and put Jared Goff in and wanted to see what the young guy could do. And I think it just never necessarily worked out. Some of the issues or concerns that we had about Jared or any young quarterback entering that situation kind of came to fruition. New offense coordinator, you had a quarterback coach who doesn't have necessarily a lot of experience. How can they help those guys get ready? But the advantages of making the move now, you talk about not only getting a head coach, but having a full allotment of coaches available for you. So when you interview your head coach, he's going to give you a list of offensive coordinators and position coaches and guys that he want to bring with him. Well, the sooner you're able to kind of get to that process, the better it's the chances chairs, are yeah. that he can get it because guys are going to take sometimes the best, the first job that comes open. They're going to take it because they want to make sure they have job security. This gives the Rams an opportunity to build the best possible staff that you can to a kind of get them off the snide and get them back into the mix. And this is something I said on Twitter, and I got a lot of blowback from people, but it was interesting. I said, this is a very coveted job. You've got L.A., which is a great place to live, which mm-hmm. I think is people don't understand how big that important that is with people. You've got an extremely patient and wealthy owner who will mm-hmm. give you anything you want. They're going to have unbelievable facilities, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure they'll have as much money as they need to go out in free agency, do whatever they want to do. Yep. And he's obviously been patient. You haven't had a winning season, and Jeff Fisher survived as long as he did. So you've got those things in place. You've got some stars on the defensive side of the ball. Aaron Donald is one of the three, four best players in the entire league. Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn. Ogletree is a really good player. Ogletree's Robert Quinn's a good with. player. So they've got some good places on defense. And there's a lot of people around the league that believe that Jared Goff can be successful. I don't think he's ever going to be a top-five quarterback, Buck, but I think he can be a serviceable starting guy. He's young. He's going to continue to to grow and get better. 
So I tweeted out that this was a, this was an attractive job, and people hit me up like, oh, are you kidding me? The owner doesn't care. The quarterback stinks. Nobody wants this job. I'm like, this is not something that I'm like – this is not like – I talk to people, to personnel guys and I to see. coaches, and they've been waiting for this job to come open. Everyone has It's had, not me saying this. This is from everybody around the league that's been keeping their eye on this thing. Everyone has an eye on that job. And I think the interesting thing will be uh, you talked about an offensive mind. So say you decide that you're going to hire an offensive-minded coach. What does he elect to do? Does he elect to blow up the defensive side of the ball and bring his own guys? Does he try and keep it rolling with Greg Williams? So maybe he says, okay, I got that side in place. I don't have to necessarily change. They have continuity on that side. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be the head coach, and I'm going to focus on building up this offense. So say it's a Kyle Shanahan that comes in. Got a young quarterback. The comparison that I made for Jared Goff coming into the league was very similar to Matt Ryan. Kyle Shanahan, if he's the, the the coach, the top candidate, has shown that he's taken young quarterbacks and put them in offenses where they can succeed. We saw that with RG3. We've also seen him work with Matt Schaub down in Houston to become what I think is a pedestrian guy who was a two-time pro bowler as part of that offense. So his system is adaptable enough that young quarterbacks can thrive, and if they can get enough weapons on the outside. I know you're committed to Tavon Austin, but get a true number one receiver, someone that can compliment him, someone that can be a difference maker on the outside. The Rams have some things where they can make a quick turnaround and be in the mix. We've seen the standard has been 7-9. Seven, seven I think they can get over 7-9 with the right coach and the right plan in place. I agree with you. How about when you look at some of the names, and, and the first name that came up obviously was Harbaugh, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing was Jim Harbaugh played for the Chargers, coached at USD, has you know some roots here in Southern California. So I think it would be an attractive thing for him to come back to California. I just think the timing doesn't work out with having just been just got second to year at yeah. Michigan. I think that's a little more difficult. Uh, maybe it's a case where you wait for maybe this job opens up in three years. They're in a new stadium and maybe a little more. Then you come back as a hero. Yeah, they, then you've got your five years in at Michigan. Uh, maybe that's more likely to happen. I, I was just throwing some numbers out to people. That I'm like, man, I don't know, though. If you're hardball and they offered you $10 million a year, and I was talking to somebody and they're like, $10 million a year? They might offer him $15 million a year. That, that's nothing to, to Stan Kroenke to, to scratch that check. If that's what it takes and in, in you're trying to get your new stadium built and create some excitement, if – you gotta pay. So instead of paying him ten, you pay him fifteen. Five million a year is what you're paying a guard. You know <laughs> what I true. mean? Like, what's more valuable to your organization, getting Jim Harbaugh or going signing a five million dollar average guard in free agency? And anyone that has been to the stadium and seen the Rams play up live, um, LA is a little different. LA has to be about stars. Has to be about winning. I know we say all fan bases are about winning, but in LA, they absolutely expect to see a certain level of product when it's on the field or on the hardwood. With the Rams, they play boring, and they're fine with a team winning in a boring fashion, but they weren't winning. So the first task is to find a way to energize the offense, teach them how to play winning football, and whoever is the top guy, whoever is the guy that is the leader of the team, has to show these young guys how to be professionals and how to play winning football. I would say that as much as I like Jeff Fisher, sometimes the player's coach thing can work against you when you have young guys that don't necessarily show up and do all the things you need to do. All right, let's scratch Jim Harbaugh off the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got Kyle Shanahan. We've seen a lot of the names for the for the coordinators in the NFL that could potentially happen. I just personally, even though Kyle Shanahan I think would could be a good fit there, I don't think it's uh, has enough sex appeal for what they're looking for out here for the splash, right? Mm-hmm. It, right, wrong, or different. It just is what it is. But I was thinking back down to college. So you want somebody in college that's – 
got a pretty good name, has a pretty good resume. I mean, I think you obviously would start at the top. Nick Saban is where you would try and just throw out that big number. He won't. I don't think he'll do it, so you cross him off the list. There was a guy, there was a coach, though, that was in the Rams locker room not too long ago, and I think he was down here recruiting, and so he had just popped in there, and it was just kind of weird to me. David Shaw from Stanford. If you're David Shaw, and if always talk about maybe potentially making the leap to the NFL, getting back into the NFL, you stay in California. I don't know. You stay in California, Buck. It's a huge payday. There, the the fan base knows who he is because he's he's beating the tar out of USC for almost his entire time up there. He's got pro experience. He's an offensive guy. He's losing an all-time great player at their university, really, if you look at Christian McCaffrey moving on. You've got Washington, who is now kind of emerged as a little bit of a power. Um, you've got USC back up to full scholarships now. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of adding all these things together and saying, if, if David Shaw was ever going to make the move, if he was presented mm. with this opportunity, I think it would be tempting. I think he has to listen. He has to entertain it. I love the setup that he has at Stanford. This is alma mater. He probably could be the coach there for the next 10 to 15 years, I would think. But if he flames out here, he'd probably go back. I mean, I mean that's a good point. Uh, he's seen golf up close and personal. They won the big game every year when he was up there uh, at Stanford. So he understands what he's dealing with. He would understand what he's getting to. The style of play that he He played. wants to sm- smash-mouth football. You've got Todd Gurley. It kind of fits the personnel. And he's also used to doing more with less when it comes to skilled guys on the perimeter. No disrespect to the Cardinal and their receivers, but they don't necessarily have marquee names on the outside. He'll so, fit right in with what they got. Right. <laughs> playing, the playing, playing with the guys that he would have to inherit with the Rams. I'm sure he would upgrade and try and get some guys. Uh, it certainly could be in play. Also, his dad has been a longtime NFL coach. Um, it's just a matter of how much control, because I think he would want to have some say-so in terms of the players and what he's putting together in the organization. It's a name that has been bandied about. It's certainly one that will come into play. Uh, I don't love it. I like it. I don't love it in terms of him and the fit and all that other stuff. Like, I, Okay, I'm just throwing it. It was an interesting name. Right. The only other name in college that I was looking at, I mean, Urban Meyer's not going anywhere. But the guy coming off of a down year, who I've always thought personally could be a good NFL coach, is D'Antonio. Oh, you said D'Antonio. You know where I thought you were going? Where did you think I was going? I thought you were going with Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, Brian Kelly, that is a rough year. Rough year. Rough year. I don't know if his personality would play that well in an NFL locker room. But I don't think so. You'd know better than I I don't think so. So, yeah, but D'Antonio I think is organized, detailed, smart guy. I thought he'd be interesting, but he won't. I don't think he'll do it either. So, if you look at some other candidates, if we mention Shanahan, give me give me your choice out of this bunch here. I'm going to give you four names. You tell me who would be your first choice, okay? we got Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels, mm. Jim Schwartz, or Terrell Austin? Hmm. I don't like the Josh McDaniels thing because he's already worked with the organization. I mean, he had okay results with Sam Bradford, and then he went on. I also don't like the I fact that – forgot about that. Good call. With, with the New England tree, I haven't seen any of the coaches. You haven't seen a lot of fruit? I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen a lot. Um, I haven't Billy seen O'Brien, first place, man. Texans rolling. Yeah, they're very average. <laughs> very average. And you don't get a like you don't get the bonus pack. Like it's kind of like when you go buy the toy, you don't get the accessories. So you don't get Josh McDaniels and a little bonus Bill Belichick comes in as a consultant yeah. every whatever. Um Jim Schwartz is interesting, and here's why I would say Jim Schwartz is intriguing. 
He's been in a similar situation when he inherited Detroit. Detroit was down. Detroit had a young quarterback that they had to get up and going. He was able to get him going. They went to the playoffs. Um, it was up and down a little bit. He is a little loosey-goosey in terms of how his teams play. But I think he certainly learned from that experience. I think he's continued to learn from the experience in Philadelphia. He's witnessed from the other side how to get a young quarterback ready to go. I think he could bring some things. And also, his defense his defense would be a nice fit with the personnel that they have. Well, you talk about being a fit for the personnel. I mean, we're, Jim Schwartz grew up under Jeff Fisher. Grew up with Greg, you know, was around Greg Williams. So, oh, that's a good point. So you wouldn't schematically, defensively, it'd be a very that's similar a good point. So I don't know, and well, I could you sell that? To that's me? what I think. See, I'm a big Jim. Everybody knows that. Listen to the show. I'm a big Jim Schwartz. Home. But I don't know if you necessarily have to sell it because here's I think the thing where we hear all the people, all the pundits will say, "Oh, you got to get an offensive guy, whatever." That's not true. You need to get the best guy who is the best leader of the team because you got to coach all three phases. You have to be the guy that kind of delegates and does stuff. But whoever you bring in, particularly if he's a defensive guy, he has to come with an offensive guy ready to go. And so who is the hot offensive coordinator or someone that you can bring to get this offense going? The name that is looming out there is Norv Turner because Norv Turner has had a lot of success. He wants to come back to Southern California, most people presume. Um, He's done it with a number of quarterbacks. The system kind of works. He likes Southern California. He has USC ties, and he was the head coach of the Chargers. So maybe someone who is of a defensive ilk can come back and maybe bring Norv Turner with him, and that could satisfy the masses. The main thing is they have to find a way to jumpstop the – jumpstart the offense, and they have to do it with guys who are experienced in the league. The guys who are at the top of the offensive food chain for the Rams right now were inexperienced and didn't have enough to get those guys going. Yeah, you know, you talk about who are the coaches that are going to be available. And with the rules the way they are, unless you're on a staff that gets wiped out, you're stuck where you are. So you get a great head coach, but it could be a challenge if there aren't a bunch of firings, which it looks like. Might not be a big year of changes. Now, San Diego, there's some talk that maybe Mike McCoy's gone. You've got Ken Wisenhunt there who's been a successful in that coordinator's role. You know, So we'll see what happens there. Maybe that's somebody that you could keep an eye on. Um, you know, Greg Roman's still out there on the street right now after he got let go in Buffalo. is more of a smash. Does he have a relationship with Schwartz? I, you know, I don't think that they've been together before. I don't think he was in Buffalo when, when uh, yeah. Schwartz was there. Maybe he, he might have been. No, he wasn't. He I don't wasn't. know. Schwartzy was a DC there, and and I think he came. I think Greg Roman came the next year, but um. So there's you know we'll see see what changes take place. Man, the the uh, when you look around the league, there's always a couple surprise firings. You know we'll, we'll see what those are. Um. You know I think Chicago hasn't been winning games, but I think they've been competitive. They have been competitive. That's a weird spot too. That's also a weird spot because like with Chicago, you're trying to orchestrate a rebuild. And you're trying to figure out how to do it. Do you jettison your quarterback? If you do bring in a new quarterback, who is that quarterback going to be? I think the pieces that they've acquired the last couple of years have been fine. But you're right. There haven't been a lot of wins. Uh, you worry about friction in the front office. Can the head coach and the young general manager get along? There's some things. I think, obviously, in terms of thinking about the jobs that could come open, Jacksonville is one that should and probably will come open after Gus Bradley hasn't been able to kind of get that engine started um and then you always talk about surprises you've heard names from cleveland the jets and some other squads uh it'll be interesting to see how black monday shakes out one of the things i'm looking at um 
it's kind of under the radar, I guess, a little bit here. But let me see here. I want to see what their record was last year. Last year, the Saints were seven and nine. What are they five and eight right now? I mean, they've been average for a long time now. They haven't been like we're still giving them a pass based on their ability to go six to the and, Super six Bowl. Six and ten the year in 2014. Six and ten, seven and nine. They're five and eight right now. I think good. How, how long? How long can you sustain it? The thing is, he just signed. He just inked a new deal. Yeah. 2013, they were 11 and five. So that's the last winning year. Was I mean, that's a that's an eternity though. In the NFL, it's a long time. But I mean, that'd be a name that if he did, you know, I believe his. I think I think Sean Payton's daughter's going to Pepperdine or something too. So I he's mean, got I, ties I, I out saw here. Some, yeah, I, mean. I mean, what would you have to? Here's a question: If you're the Rams, I'm just going just going with this thing now. If you're the Rams, knowing that you would love an offensive coach, a big name, even better. Gosh, you don't have a first round pick though, so I don't know. What what round theoretically? What round pick would you part with for Sean Payton for a coach? Man, I love his ability to to design. Uh, would you give next year's second round pick? So not this this not this upcoming draft, but we'll say next year's second round pick. I'm fine. I'm fine giving up a second round pick for him. I'm fine giving up. I, th- a second I would round do it pick. all day. I'm fine giving up a second round pick for him because I know offensively he can do it. The one thing with Sean Payton that I would have to ask. Who's coming with you on DC? Yeah, <laughs> Rob Ryan's might be available. Bring him back reunion. Be, be, because he hasn't been able to get the defense right the last few years. He's tried it, Greg, at the end of Greg Williams' run. Then you had Rob Ryan. You have Dennis Allen now. They still haven't been able to necessarily get the stops to be a, a, a playoff contender. So he needs to have that. But from an offensive standpoint, he's perfect in terms of what he brings. Um, to the table. Terrell Austin would be interesting. I'm just curious who Terrell has assembled as his designated offensive guys. Who would be his offensive coordinator? Who would be his guy? I will say this, and I think it's interesting, and I know a lot of people haven't investigated it, but it's been interesting to see all of the interim coaches that have been named have all been special teams coaches. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how long will it be before special teams coaches begin to get serious consideration for head coaching jobs because at the end of the day you want your head coach to be responsible for all three facets of the game maybe you can get a guy that is a former special teams coach who has the ability to find an offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator that can do their jobs and he just manages the game while kind of keeping the birds eye view much like john 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 harbaugh Harbaugh. but here's the thing you i've been around you know several teams you've been around a bunch of teams as well Special teams coaches on they're the different. Whole they're different. Are some of the quirkiest, weirdest human they beings. They can be a little different. Earth. They can be different. So John Harbaugh has been fantastic. I don't know how and John Harbaugh is sharp and, and business like. Just saying. I, I don't think all special teams coaches are cut out of that same cloth as John Harbaugh. No, I'm not leaving not, it there. Not, not not many of them. First first thing that comes to mind is a guy who was interviewed for a couple jobs. Keith Armstrong down in Atlanta has been a guy that has been a long time special teams coach who's had some nibbles when it comes to head coaching um you got to be nuts to cover a kick and you got to be a little bit nuts, yeah, nuts be to, different. Co- to coach you got from kansas city dave top he's interviewed a few times for jobs uh, i just think it's interesting as the the position and as the game evolves that i don't think it's a coincidence that we've seen these special teams coaches get opportunities as interim how long before more of these guys really get a legitimate shot at getting one of those head coaching jobs because I think the head coach is more than just being a great play caller. And I don't know if just necessarily being a great offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator truly prepares you to be a head coach. I think there's some certain skills. And Andy Reid is the best example because Andy was never a coordinator before he got the yeah. head gig. 
And he's had success at two places. No question. Um, all right, before we get to these games, I don't even really – the games are kind of old news. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser, to me, was interesting. Sean Kaiser from Notre Dame decided to uh, to enter the draft. And it, it got me thinking, because there's some other quarterbacks that have some decisions to make, some underclassmen um, in this uh, in college football right now that could come out. It's not doesn't look like a great quarterback class. Deshaun Watson is coming out, uh, not coming off of a great year. But uh, anyways, with Kaiser, it got me thinking about who's starting in the NFL right now, the 32 positions. Um, so when I put the list together on there, a couple teams you had you know kind of figured out. Chicago, I still list Cutler down there as their quarterback until yeah. they make a change. I think if he was healthy, he would be out on the football field. Mm-hmm. So I, I put Cutler in there. With, um, with Minnesota, the uncertainty with Teddy, I ended up just having Bradford in there. That makes sense. Quarterback. So when I list the 32 quarterbacks, it was, it was pretty interesting. I went through and said, okay, how many of these guys came out when they were seniors? How many came out when they were underclassmen? And where were they selected? So in the NFL right now, Buck, 32 starting quarterbacks, 13 of them came out as underclassmen. Okay? Of those 13, 10 of them were picked in the top 10. Actually, uh, 10 of them were picked in the top three. So wow. 10 of them were either the first, second, or third pick in the, in the draft. Wow. The three that were picked outside of the top 10 of underclassmen, Ben Roethlisberger was the 11th pick, so he was right on the doorstep. Aaron Rodgers, who we thought could be the first pick in that draft, and everybody knows, ended up sliding. He was a 24th pick. And the only underclassman that's currently starting in the NFL – that came out early as an underclassman and was not selected in the first round was Brock Osweiler, who was the second-round pick, 57 overall mm-hmm. by Denver. So what I'm getting at with the point here, and actually before I get to that, let me go back through the rest of this list. So that's the 13 guys are underclassmen. Of the of the guys that stayed four years that are starting for their teams, you had – I'll just go through them here so you can you get a feel for where they were picked. James, we have three guys that were the first pick overall of the seniors, uh, of, sorry, uh, two of them overall. You had Carson Palmer and Eli Manning, mm. both first pick overall, both as seniors. Um, you had Carson Wentz was the second pick overall. Matt Ryan, the third pick. Phillip Rivers, the fourth pick. Ryan Tannehill, the eighth pick. These are all four-year guys. Cutler, the 11th pick. Flacco, 18. Drew Brees was in the second round at 32. Dalton, second round, 35. Carr, second round, 36. That's a and the Kaepernick second round 36. That's a pretty good collection of second round quarterbacks. Then we go third round Russell Wilson 75. Kirk Cousins was a fourth rounder 102. Petty, who I listed for the Jets, you know whatever you want to do there, fourth round 103. Dak Prescott fourth round 135. You have Tyrod Taylor sixth round 180. Brady sixth round 199. And Simeon seventh round 250. So when I put that all together, a couple points that I came away with. Number one, if you're an underclassman and you're coming out. You better have the belief that you're going to be a first-round pick. You have to be a first-round pick. If you're going to come out and you're going to be a third, fourth-round pick, it doesn't. there's not really much that shows you there that you're going to be a starter in the NFL. The one that is starting outside the first round is Brock Osweiler. I know he got paid well, but it hasn't been an illustrious ride here. Um, the other thing is if you stay all four years and you get picked outside of the first round, you could be fine. Mm-hmm. Look at all these guys. When you start going through them, Outside the first round, Dalton Carr, Russell Wilson's, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. These guys are really, really good football players picked outside the first uh, couple rounds. So, to me, if you're if you're making that decision like a Deshaun Kaiser, somebody hopefully has told him, 
there's a team out there that will take you in the first round. You will go in the first round of this draft. If not, you're making a mistake. I think for the quarterback position in particular, you need certain assurances when it comes to coming out early. The assurances are that you're going to be a first-round pick, that you're going to have an opportunity to kind of go to a team that is not necessarily horrible so you can have an opportunity to win games or you go to a situation where you have a veteran quarterback in place. What you mentioned to me is, is fascinating. Underclassmen, 10 of the 13, were in the top three. That means or should suggest that their talents – were superior to everyone else in the draft class, not because they were manufactured or pushed up, but they were that good athletically, physically, arm talent that they merited going at the top of the board. I mean, 10 out of 13 in top three, that's significant. And the other guys that you mentioned, two of those guys are first-round picks. Two of those guys are also likely Hall of Famers in Big Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers, 11 and 24, respectively. Brock Osweiler was scary when he came out. He had only had 15 collegiate starts. He's only, like prior to this season, he had only had 22 co- starts since high school. Here's the thing, though, too, uh, on this. So I'm all those guys, so I mentioned 10 of the 13 you talked about in the top three. One of them, one of the three that wasn't in the top three, you have to take into account Ben Roethlisberger might be the third Hall of Fame quarterback taken in that draft. Yeah. Eli Manning will have a case with his Super Bowls. Philip Rivers, Rivers with right. all of his career numbers, yep. and then Roethlisberger. So that was the best quarterback draft we've had in how whatever 2004. Yeah, 20 2004 years. 2004 class. Yeah, I mean, so so you're talking about that. So now back to the seniors because we've talked about this when it comes to seniors and why seniors or fourth year players are really coveted at the quarterback position. The experience, the reps, the maturity. There's something to be in a field general for a significant amount of time during your collegiate days, learning how to win, learning how to lead um, a team and your teammates and handle those confrontations that you must have if you're the leader. I think the only way you can get those is to be in those experiences enough to learn how to craft that because when you come to the NFL and you're dealing with older players, veteran players, those guys still need to be kept in check and put in line. The quarterback has to kind of set the table for that. The other thing, the lower picks, the guys that were taken in the second round that were seniors, the Daltons, the Derek Carrs, uh, even Colin Kaepernick, who had success early in his career. There's something about the expectation level that is different from a second-round pick as a first-round pick. Those guys weren't expected to come in and start right away, light it up. The pressure and the spotlight is a little different. They've had success because a lot of those times they end up going to teams that were solid, solidly constructed, played to their skill sets. In the fourth round, Kirk Cousins, the Dak Prescotts, um, even the Tom Brady's, guys that people missed on, but they were allowed the opportunity to kind of sit and wait and patiently kind of work their way up the roster. Didn't necessarily happen for Dak Prescott, but that was the expectation for him to kind of serve as a red shirt this year behind Tony Romo. He played quicker. The team is pretty solid on offense. He's been able to kind of manage the bus and do some things while flashing his talent. I just believe that after seeing Dak Prescott, after seeing Carson Wentz have some success, teams are going to be looking for that kind of guy, that experienced guy who's had to play a lot of games who can give them an opportunity to maybe play quicker and have success. And the funny thing, I know this guy's been up and down this year, but you could say that Cody Kessler has been serviceable for the Browns when he's been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Some of that may be due to the reps that he had. Three-year starter, four-year guy. As a collegiate. I'm not saying that he's the best, but I'm saying he was able to step in 
and post decent numbers because he had the experience that he got from SC. All right. How about that, though? They're uh, the number one, the one one. So first overall picks. I think there's what? Let's see. There's uh, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's nine current starters in the league right now that were the number one overall pick. Nine of the 32 were deemed to be the best player in their draft class. It's interesting. So, I mean, just, you know, my thing is if you're They not have good, to be clear and apparent that that guy has that kind of talent. Mm-hmm. The Matthew Staffords, the guys who are transcendent players, like guys that you know you're like, oh, yeah, that's what a number one overall should look like. And you can't necessarily push those guys up the board. And so that will be interesting when you bring it back full circle. We talked about Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser, Watson, maybe the kid from North Carolina, if he decides to come out. Younger guys say they're sitting at the top. Do any of those guys exhibit the kind of qualities that you look for in a number one overall pick? Now, Watson has a little more time to change the narrative, but right now I think we're confident in saying yeah. not number one overall. But he maybe could, he, he's somebody that I, there's a lot of teams I know that do not view him as a first-round pick. He can – with his resume, could end up being one of these guys, the Derek Carrs, and that's maybe in that in the 30s, that you don't have to necessarily put the pressure on him. But he's got a lot of experience. He's won a lot of football games. The character's off the charts. He's intelligent. All that stuff. He checks all those boxes. Checks all the boxes. Already graduated. Now, here's the thing for him, and I I kind of said it when I was doing a review. I looked at Watson, Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson last year for uh, our notebook. And the thing that I'll say about Deshaun Watson is. He always plays well in very, very big games. Mm-hmm. He plays – he has these seminal moments where everyone remembers how he played. What he did last year against Alabama, now when you go back and look at the tape, not only of that game but of the previous games, he's always been able to step his game up. So now in playing an Ohio State team, if he's able to get past that and maybe take on Alabama or Washington, two big stage games, he has an opportunity to be like, man, this is a big game player. Huge for him. The bigger the moment, the better he plays, and it can change the way we view him because, you say, look, it's not all perfect, but when it comes to playing ball, he plays it at a level that we need to play it, particularly when we get into playoffs and the other thing. For Deshaun Kaiser, here's what I'll say, and I still can see him being the guy that experiences the Carson Wentz-like rise. Physically, he's everything that you talk about. 6'4", 225, 230 pounds, can run around, big arm, throws a beautiful ball. At his best, he looks like he has the talent of a top 10 guy. At his worst, when he struggled this year, you just worry about the confidence and can he kind of get himself out of ruts that young guys typically experience when they go to bad teams. When I look at the three of the guys that we've kind of softly talked about, if I was to take a dart and take a flyer on a guy, typically you always go with bigger, stronger talent. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm more apt to take a look at him because he looks like the prototypical guy that stands at the front of the room as the number one overall pick. I'm not saying he, he's graded there, but I'm saying of those guys, I could see him enjoying a magic carpet ride up the charts. Yeah, I went to that first game against Texas. I thought he looked like the first overall pick, and then uh, the season kind of got away from him and, and kind of – tailed off a little bit there at the end. So he'll be interested. I'm interested to really dig in and, and study him. But I don't, we don't have any time really to get into these games, but we'll, we'll have time in this next episode. That's fine. They, look, they can re- watch our previews. Oh, yeah, we do. Good, they can good watch plug. our previews for next week's games. Look, we, 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 we laid it out for you last week how the games were going to play out. So we're not surprised that any of the results didn't necessarily happen. So make sure you check out all of that content on our YouTube channel, Move the Sticks. Yeah, we got NFL.com slash MTS video if you want to catch it on there as well. Arjuna fell asleep during that. 
quarterback. He, talk, did, he knocked out. Yeah, he knocked him because his team has a quarterback. Fell asleep. Yeah, he's he a Tom Brady Patriot fan. Who cares? Quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, one day he's gonna fall off, right? We got Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Uh, gonna be quarterback in the Browns him. next year again. Unless they trade him. There we go. All right, we'll get into that. We'll have a lot of stuff to get into in this next episode. We got to pick the college games on Thursday, right? We got bowl games pick, coming up this week. We're doing bowl games. Are we still doing that? Yeah, man. It's an, I'm kick save. I'm rebounding. You know what? Okay, so I'm going to focus on that one now. I had been focused. I'm going to focus now. I'm, I'm we focused on these NFL picks last week. It was a big win for the Move the Sticks podcast over Damashek around the NFL. We finally concentrated. All right, let's keep that. Let's keep our spot there atop that perch. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Thanks for listening to Move the Sticks. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving comments and ratings on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Moves us up the list there. Uh, thank you again. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.